You're listening to the Manaverse Podcast with your host, Tom Traplin, and this is session number 142, part three. Welcome to the Manaverse Podcast. I am your host, Tom Traplin, and this is the podcast where we explore what it takes to build a successful, friendly local game store. If you like what you hear on today's episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever fine platform you're listening on. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. As always, you can find the notes and links mentioned in today's episode at manaversaga.com. This is part three of my interview with Joshua Pyle Carter from The Deck Box, Halifax's premier local game store. In this part of the conversation, we delve into inventory management, pricing strategies, and how Josh empowers his staff to make good decisions without requiring his input as the owner. Josh talks about balancing pricing for different card rarities, adapting to market changes, and setting prices appropriate for the local market, and why he doesn't use platforms like TCG Player to set his prices. This one is real crunchy if you're serious about the back-end operations of how a local first game store really functions and how it cultivates a profitable TCG ecosystem of local customers. If you haven't listened to part one and two of Josh's interview, be sure to check those out. The links will be down in the show notes, and enjoy part three of Josh's interview. I want to go back to the singles, certain uh, conversations, topics, yep. move forward, but oh, yeah, the uh, the singles. So, what would you say your pricing level compares at? Would you consider like, oh, we're above market, where we're we try to be, you know, like roughly equal to TCG sure. mid or whatever? How does that work? Yeah, so typically how we do our stuff uh, is for years, we sort of pegged it to different things, like just going back with uh, Star City used to be sort of like the, the peg price and then mm-hmm. face and then the sort of like TCG. Um, and what we've done over the years is we've instituted, you know, pretty standard stuff for a store, you know, uh, an LGS is, you know, minimums and stuff's like uh, uncommon is like a minimum of, a, or sorry, a common is like a minimum of a quarter and uncommon is 50 cents, a rare is like two bucks, you know, mythics like three to five. Um, and we found that that was helpful for us, not only because it was something where, you know, that's a level at which, you know, it justifies opening inventory for. So you'll mm-hmm. see some things online where it's like, cool, this card's a nickel or this card's like, you know, 10 cents, you know, on a practical level to pay my guys, like, you know, you know, what yeah. we pay them, cause we pay them well, um, you know, that doesn't make sense. Like if you're, if you have like a hundred card commander list, that's nothing but, you know, commons and uncommons and TCG players selling that list for like a grand total, like 15 bucks, you know, like, you know, the hour it's going to take to pull that list is not worth it from a man hour perspective, just to pull the list, you know, let alone the processing it took to get all of those cards into the system. So while we are more expensive on some of the cheaper stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. with the minimum, so like, you know, a card's not going to be five cents, it's going to be 25 cents. And that has an added effect of making your order more expensive. We generally tend to be cheaper on the higher end stuff. So okay. how it balances out is if you're if you're looking for value for, from us, you know, I would say that typically our low end stuff tends to be um, a little more expensive on average, whereas our higher end stuff tends to be under market by like ten percent or more for, for the most part. But yeah, so as far as that goes, it's a you know we tend to find that the single side of it is something where it's always in flux, and all you can really sort of do is sort of say, yeah. you know, this is what makes sense for our market. Uh, it's part of why we don't sell online. Uh, it allows us to sort of insulate our our retail experience from sort of like bigger market forces. So, for example, like, I wanted to ask about that too. Yeah. So, for example, like you know, one of the benefits of just being a store that sells in person is that we have the ability to sort of set prices that reflect our market. So, a lot of times, what you'll see online is you'll see a card get specked on or bought out, and you'll mm-hmm. see jump to like ludicrous prices. Yep. So, like a good example is like a Sliver Hive. You know, it's a basic rare from M15. You know. 
prior to spike, it was like a three to five dollar card at the height of the spike. I think it was like 20 bucks, 30 bucks. Um, but it's something where like that level of demand or that price point isn't backed up by the organic, you know, demand that we have from our, from our clients, mm -hmm. you know, so it's something where like I could ratchet it up to 20 bucks to be in line with the market, but that doesn't feel good to my clients, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, you know, it's something where like they go, well, why, you know, this card is like, you know, uh, you know, the no clients say, I perceive this card as like a five to a $10 card Yeah, at 30 bucks. I'm not interested. Cause like, that's like more than what I want to pay for a land that taps for any color and makes a sliver, right? Like, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's, it's outside of what they would, you know, want to spend on that sort of as a card effect. Mm. Um, and it's something where being able to be in touch with these games, be able to kind of pick price points makes it so that you, you know, you have a better understanding of saying, okay, card like children, you know, came out, mm, it was like 50 bucks. It's up to around like a hundred and change right now, you know, and when it came out and seeing the play go, okay, well, you know, it is clearly a hundred dollar card, you know, until it gets mm -hmm. a reprint somewhere along the line, cards a hundred bucks yeah. because it's just absolutely bonkers. You play it in constructed formats, you play it in casual formats, you know, it is, it is just a really good effect. And the challenge, you know, when you, you know, so the challenge with pricing is it always needs to be reflective of, in our case, our local market. You know, so we'll have some things that are a little higher than average and we'll have some things that are lower than average. And if you really want to find good deals, you totally can. But it's something where, you know, we price it based on our market demand that we see for it. You know, so some things are higher, some things are lower and an average, it balances out a fair bit. And that comes from ear to the ground, paying so, attention. Yeah. And also part of it is like we open a lot of product. So mm -hmm. we have a fair bit of leverage when it comes to our price point. So when a new set comes out, we'll open some of the neighborhood, like 2000 packs, give or take. Uh, depending on the set. So that means that when a new set launches, we have, you know, play sets upon play sets of like everything. Mm -hmm. So we can sort of put out and say, okay, well, you know, you know, I have 62 of this rare, you know, it's yeah. like, all right, it's like, you know, if I, if it's a five buck rare and it jumps up to like someone online, it's like $20, we'll see what the organic sell through is on our end, you know, and sort of adjust it accordingly. You know, it's something where, you know, if you're using something like, you know, um, binder POS where it has yeah. like automatic updates and pricing, um, that's really helpful if you, you are don't want to either you don't want to keep up on sort of day-to-day -day market fluctuations um, and ha want to have it automated or you're not super familiar with singles but you feel that you should sell them anyway and you don't want to get sharked by someone of you sort of saying yeah. you know um, it's a good way to do it i tend to find that in my experience that while cards move in price points most of the really big jumps are mm -hmm. easy enough to see if you're sort of like you know in those ecosystems so if you're on like you know you know the, the like yeah, so I'm not a really huge online person, but I keep, you know, sort of, you know, limited accounts on like stuff like, you know, MPG finance or like, you know, with like some of the stock movement stuff for it. Um, mainly because like, you know, usually if someone's coming to you to buy out a card, it's not because they figured it out themselves. It's because yeah. they saw like an MTG stocks report where it's like, this card went up 70%. And it's like, all right, well, I, I also got the, I got the email notification. This article went live, looked at it, said, yeah, that, that, that increases bullshit, you know, but these yeah. ones seem pretty real. So like, we'll adjust a little bit here and there. You know, but like, you know, if you're doing that sort of stuff, you're going to catch most of that movement. And when you get out of the pricing mindset of saying, I need to be exactly like TCG player, I need to be exactly this price point. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff doesn't fluctuate all that much. So like, you know, if you say a rare is a minimum of $2, most of them are in around that price point. Sometimes it's two twenty-five, sometimes yeah. it's a buck 75, sometimes it's 90 cents. Like it's all stuff where it fluctuates and moves. But in terms of having to go reprice it and adjust it, you can just put two bucks on it and say, cool, if it gets up to three and I sell it entirely, I'll reprice it to three. But if not, yeah. 
whatever. If you got it for two fifty, you know, you know, it's two fifty, or you got it for it's four, and you got it for two bucks. I still have a bunch of them. Oh well, you know, it's it's just yeah. a it's a matter of oops, sorry, it's a matter of having it kind of all balance out, you know. So if you can do a lot of leg work running around trying to like do micro fixes and stuff, or you can just say, neat, you know, I'll I'll adjust it as needed. Yeah, here's enough of a pricing buffer, and yeah. there's enough margin built into everything else that fluctuations yeah, it's, it's kind part of, of why we do mythics at five dollars you know so if, you know for if a, for a mythic to go from so like a bulk mythic to like more than that five dollar range is takes a lot and something needs to come out come out to push it so like either like a new deck or a new card interaction that moves its sort of perceived value um whereas you know having it in that filter range goes okay well you know it went from three dollars to six dollars okay cool like it's you know it's it means that you know but the value of just having it you know nearby in immediacy is just a it's a big benefit. How much do you feel like this is you? How much of the deck box, the deck box is you? Oh, when we first started out, a good chunk of it was me and Rachel. Um, now it's a little less. It's grown bigger than it we are. Um, you know, like I said, we have around a hundred plus transactions on an average day. So like, it can't be me anymore. Like it's, yeah. it's you know, you know, I am a part of it. I am sort of you know around a lot, but it's also something where you know. You know, I want, you know, our clients to have interactions with, you know, our staff that, you know, are their own interactions. So we have people who will come in on days that they know staff are working because they like them and they want to like socialize and like check in with their stuff, you know, and that's, you know, something where I've always encouraged that because I want, you know, you know, I want, you know, the business to be more than just me. You know, I mm -hmm. want the, to be able to operate within my absence, you know, because when we, when we did the when our, going back a little bit. So when we did our store in Summerside and we did our expansion here, mm -hmm. um, I realized that I'd made a mistake a bit in Summerside in that, you know, when we had opened up here, um, Rachel stayed behind to run the store there and I moved to Halifax to run the store here. Hmm. And we found out that, you know, through feedback she got from clients is that I'm saying, well, you know, Josh isn't here anymore and we'd really like to have a game store here, but you know, you know, we don't think, you know, because you're, because you're not Josh, you know, like, you yeah. know, we, you know, we're just not going to come around as much um, because I hadn't built up someone to be a replacement me, you know, that I had run mm -hmm. the business as a way of being like, if you wanted anything at all, you talk to me. And now if you want anything, the staff are there for you. And I'm, I'm around all like, I'm there to say, hi, I engage with people. I do kind of all the stuff I love to do, but by and large, I, you know, when I can, I will direct you to one of our staff for it. Mainly because, you know, I want them to feel like I don't want to be that game store where someone goes in, well, I need to talk to just Josh. He's the only one who can help me. It's like, no, all of these yeah. people are very talented and very wonderful people that we've hired. You know, I don't hire assholes. Um, you know, <laughs> Hope not. yeah, um, not intentionally. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like the, the, the experience for it is such that I want them, the staff to feel like they're being elevated. That if they hmm. make a decision or make a recommendation, that you know that someone's not second guessing them you know behind it saying okay well you should have done this it's like you no know, it's a you know they've got an opinion they've got you know a, you know a thing they want to communicate and that's you know something i'm happy to support so i'd say yes in the beginning it was definitely you know very much a, a two-person show and mm -hmm. as we've grown we've moved away from that a fair bit so you know i'm still very active in our day-to-day -day operations i'm around a lot because i like my job um, sure. But, you know, it's something where, you know, just even now, like, you know, we have we have five full time staff members outside myself and Rachel. Um, we have sort of, you know, a couple of support, uh, you know, staff as well, too. We do like you know, behind the scenes stuff mm -hmm. uh, for like content creation and products and processing and that sort of stuff. Um, but it's something where 
this store doesn't run with anything less than sort of like five people kind of working at it full time um, because there's just there's too many communities to you know, help and there's too many things to kind of manage. You know, it's something where like, you know, you know, if I really delude myself, I could probably say, well, me and Rachel could probably run it ourselves for a bit, but like that's not sustainable. Hey there, tabletop game store owners. Are you looking to level up your digital marketing game and boost your store's growth to new heights? We specialize in helping tabletop game stores just like yours dominate the digital landscape. With our cutting-edge strategies, expert insights, and tailored solutions, we'll unlock the true potential of your store's online presence and skyrocket your sales. And here is the best part. We're offering a free strategy call for game store owners that are serious about growing their business. That's right. Sign up now for a complimentary consultation and let us show you how we can transform your store's marketing game. Don't miss out on this incredible journey to level up your digital marketing and drive your store's growth to new heights. Head over to our website at maniversesaga.com forward slash MMA to register for your free strategy call today. It's time to dominate the digital marketing arena and achieve success for your tabletop game store. So what are you waiting for? Book your call now and let's make your store the ultimate gaming destination. Yeah, and I got a lot of stores start out that way, right? Like that's pretty much like, oh, totally. almost a universal experience. Is that the store and the person running the store, or owning the store, are the same thing? Right? Oh yeah, it's it's very entwined, and I would say that in my mind, that's a good way to start out because no mm -hmm. one will be as you know, into the process of making your store better if that's what you want to do as you will be. So like you yeah. know, you know, and some of the times that I've seen friction with you know staff and store owners is that you know you staff not being as dedicated as a store owner would like them to be, which is an unreasonable bar, right? You know, I, and I, I, make store. It, yeah, I make it very clear to my staff saying, look, you know, you work here, you know, I, I, I love having you here. I would highly encourage you that, you know, if you are going to, you know, work for us, um, make a firm stance on your personal side of it, that, you know, if you're not on the clock, you're not answering someone's questions. You know, like, you know, if you're, if you're, if you, if you have a relationship with them and want to talk stuff, totally do it. But if you are like the third messaging going, hey, what would this trade in for? Hey, you know, like, you know, do you have this in stock? And like, you know, you know hey, when's this event? Like, you know, just yeah. don't answer those conversations. I don't expect that of you. I don't want you to have to worry about that. Just do your stuff. You like, you show up, you work, you know, your shift, you go home at the end of the day, that's it. You know, like there's no sort of like, you know, I, you know, you know I don't expect, you know, anything more than you than that. And I expect you to show up and be friendly, do your job, engage with people. If it's a shitty sales day, yeah, like you know, that's that's not on you. You know, I'm not gonna you know get upset about you if we made like you know under. You didn't hit your quota. <laughs> yeah, like you know, there, there's none of that. It's very much a, you know, you know, the only thing I ask is if we we're like dead for whatever reason that we tidied some stuff. Like if it, if I come in and the sales are lower than I would have hoped for the day, you know, if you can point to it and say, well, we did a couple of big buys and trade ins, we restocked the sleeve wall. Cool, that's good. Like not every day is gonna be a gangbusters. Not every day is gonna be like send the world on fire. You know and you need some amount of days like that to just reset. Yeah, get some cleaning done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely a, always a process. Yeah, well, that never ends. You no. know, life is a never ending struggle against entropy. Oh, yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> how autonomous would you say your employees are? Like, how much leeway do you give them to be like, ah, offer this much in trade and value? What sure. do you, like, how do you do so deal with all get, that? So, this will get a little to the back end side of it, but, uh, so as far as we do for autonomy is that my staff are empowered to sort of, you know, make the decisions that they think are correct in the ter in terms of like client servicing a client. Mm -hmm. So it's something if someone comes in and, you know, they're asking for a little extra, a little more, it's on the staff to sort of like, you know, 
figure out if that's something that they, you know, you know, be, you know that they make an exception for. So something like, you know, someone comes in and goes, hey, man, like I'm out of top loaders. You have a couple I can borrow? Sure. You know, you can have a couple top loaders. Not a big deal. Hey, hey man, he, I came back in last week and asked about top loaders. Can I have some more? All right. Well, you know, here, yeah. here's a pack of 25 of them or five bucks. Like, yeah. you know, like it's it's that level of you know nuance, and it's something where, as far as our staff goes, the backend system for pricing is set by me. Um, they have the ability to adjust them, um, and they'll do it within reason. So basically, if you come to them and say, "Hey, you know this, you know I've got this list of cards. All this looks fine. This one card on there seems a little off. Can you check it for me?" They're empowered to do that and make an adjustment. If it's that you're like looking like, okay, well, you know, I'm fine with these three cards because they're under what I expected them to be. And these seven cards, like, can you check them for me? Mm. The answer is probably not. You know, it's something where it's like, it's that reciprocity back and forth. And that's something that we train for our staff. And it's something where I would say that, you know, the buying side of it is also automated in the same way. So we talked a little mm. off camera about uh, Lightspeed as we use for our yeah. point of sale. And it allows you to set kind of your own prices on your, your inventory back there. It's not meant for card games, but we use it for our store and it's pretty effective. So basically all of our buy stuff, it's pretty straightforward. So anyone can process a buy on our end that you bring in your cards, we put them into our system line by line. We'll give you an itemized breakdown for each one and say, cool, this is worth this much in cash. And we do a 40% bonus on top of it to get that 70% in trade rate. Mm -hmm. But it's something like with that, there's an ability to sort of say, oh, cool. We're out of stock of this. It says that this card is $10 in our system. We're giving five bucks on it, but we're out of it. Let's do a price check to see, oh, card's gone up to 20 bucks. Yeah, we'll move that up to $10 for the buy price and, you know, you move it to 20 for the sell. So there's that level of autonomy that they do have for it. And it's something where, you know, we have gradations of that, especially when it comes to buys. So like, you know, the first thing we train you on is to like processing buys through, you know, and once you get comfortable with that, you know, price adjustments are generally something where I get final say on it. But mm -hmm. by and large, if it's something minor, like, you know, it's something like that was like a $10 card went to a $20 card. My staff aren't going to check in with me on that, but if like, if, That's the, if, if, is there other thresholds for where the person's like, yep, usually you know, it's 50 bucks or more. Now it's, uh, it's usually, by the boss. Yeah, usually for like a buy. So like you know, the nice part is because it's all digital is that I can check our inventory from wherever I'm at. So, cool. you know, when there's a, like a buy on it, basically they'll send me a text and say, Hey, purchase order number, whatever, you know, needs your approval because you know, it's a little on the high side and I'll, you know, and generally the threshold is like, it's like, if it's like, if we're doing like more than 150 bucks in cash on it, depending on how busy I am, if I'm like away at a tournament, I'll say, cool. The threshold is if it's under 500 bucks, don't bug me about it. Like, I don't yeah. want to know. Like, you know, if it, if okay. it checks, if it checks out and you think it looks fine, you know, you know, we'll send the transfer and, you know, we'll call it a day, you know, but if it's, you know, but if I'm just kind of around, yeah, like 200 bucks or something, like just like run it by me for the most part, which is something where like we do regular trade-ins and. You know, we'll get like a $500 trade in plus like eh, once every couple of days, if not more than that, depending on where it's at. Okay. Um, but it's something where the, you know, if the vast, vast majority of buys will trade ones be like sub a hundred dollars, kind of something like that. You know, it's, you know, I generally won't look at those and I'll, we have a, a review process where basically they'll do the buy, the client will get paid. And then there's a step where I go in afterwards and do a review. It's like, okay, cool. We did this buy, you know, conditions were in line with what we had expected for it or this was slightly wrong or this was like a little more worn than I would give. And we'll, and I'll give notes to my guys and say, Hey, yeah. you bought this, you know, it was a different version of the thing. The price point is within reason and, you know, and we'll contact the, the seller if it's a little off and we'll just send them the extra credit. Um, if it's off in the seller's favor, we generally don't, we, don't, we just let it go. Uh, but it's something where I use that as a, a learning tool for the staff. It's like saying, Hey okay. man, like you saw this thing, 
and I get why you thought that it was this set, but this little like planeswalker symbol in the corner means it was the reprint, so it's worth like half of what the actual one is. Um, but it's that sort of stuff where it's a the buying process, they have a, fair, a bit of autonomy, you know, and the counter interaction stuff, they have a, a, a bit more. Um, but it's something where like it's a matter of empowering your staff to make good decisions in the moment so they're not always having to run back to you to check in. You know, so like I am around and I'm there if they need something or if they need to step in because mm -hmm. you know, something needs to be decided. It's a little more like if someone's looking at like, you know, you know, dual lands and going, OK, well, you know, you know, uh, you know I want to spend 500 bucks on this card. You know, it's um, can you like can you make me feel good about the purchase? Like, cool, right, we'll talk. We'll walk through it. This is the notable things. This is why we have it marked here. Yeah, you know, you're right. There's one online for like, you know, 600, but you know, the scratch here and this like little discoloration, we moved it down to the 500 range. Yeah. So like, you're not, it's not near mint, but it's not sticker does that. But like, that's the sort of like the fine detailing stuff where it's like having that experience makes someone feel better about that experience, that, that process, you know, that they, yeah. okay, you know, I know what I'm looking at. I know this guy knows what he's talking about. And, you know, the thing is priced appropriately. It's like, you know, or if it's like, you know, beat the shit, it's like, cool, this one's 250 bucks. Why? Because someone loved it with a hammer. Like that's just, you know, <laughs> that's just how it goes. Not every card is, not every card gets to be pretty. <laughs> yeah. And then I want to zoom out for a second, but also like the fact is, you know, a $500 purchase is not a small purchase for most people. That's a pretty big, pretty big transaction, right? Like oh, yeah. to expect that the guy would be like, yeah, here you go. Here's my money. I don't need to talk about this. I don't need to interact with anyone. Yeah. You would need to do a little bit of hand selling for for a little bit items of that. along those I lines. find that's for usually for people in that range, they generally know what they're looking for, and that's going back to that sort of like that that client experience of you know. Generally speaking, it's not an unsolicited buy of like something in that range that comes in the door. Generally speaking, when it happens, it's someone that you know. You're like, okay, yeah, this guy's been talking about it, or I know that he's the kind of guy who, when he spends, he just you know he doesn't buy a lot of little stuff, but he's going to buy like a couple bigger ticket things in a go. Or I know that he's, you know, you know, Navy. So that means that he's, you know, he was out to sea for six months. He come back with, you know, you know, sale Lots pay cash. and, and you're like, <laughs> you're like, this is the, you know, he's been thinking about this the entire time about how he's going to get, you know, the last couple of duels to finish off his commander deck, you know, and that's like how he put up with all like the, the shit at work that he dealt with. <laughs> um, and that's the, you know, and so like, again, it's one of those ones, like you generally don't get unsolicited sales like that, but when you, you do get that sale, you want to connect with the person because you know why he's spending like this. Like, oh man, like you're finally pulling the trigger to get like your scrub land to finish off your deck. Awesome. How was the sale? Like, did you know, like, you know, where, where you know, now that you're back, where did you go? Right? Like, yeah. you, know, you can't tell me beforehand, but like, you know, but like stuff like that, or like someone will come in excited because they got like a bonus at work or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's something where that client experience is a big part of, you know, it's a bigger sale. Yeah. But it's also something where someone generally wants to talk about it, you know, and you yeah, want to make excited about it. Yeah, and make you want to make them it. and you want to make them have a good experience and not just have it be a transaction. Because mm -hmm. you know that because they come in, know what they want, they've been thinking about it for a while when they're buying something in that range, you know, and it's something where they go, Well, you know, you know, if it's just a transactional experience, it can feel a little deflating, right? Like, you know, yeah. I, I bought this thing, it was really cool, I'm super hyped about it, and you just rang me through and passed my stuff and it's on my way. Yeah, there's no fanfare, there's yeah. nothing like that. Yeah, you want to feel a bit special, right? You know, it's, it's like any sort of niche retail. You, you want to make someone feel that they had a good experience and not only got the thing they wanted, but they got it in the way that they wanted it. You know, there was a, that they felt, you know, you know that, they, that it felt good. It's funny, we should give some context because <laughs> like so much of what we talked about before hitting the record button, yeah. I feel like it just kind of like became the background to this conversation. Yeah. So like, but the listeners, they have no idea. <laughs> so what, what is a normal day like at the deck bar? Like give them oh. an idea of what the store feels like, how many people are coming in and out. You mentioned the, the number of transactions. Oh, sure. So yeah, so we are, 
uh, we're a relatively large store. So we have uh, 4,000 square feet-ish. Uh, 1,200 of that is the space we're sitting in right now, which is our, uh, our basically our private booking slash recording studio. Um, so we use it for birthday parties and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's Super cool. cool. It's a gaming speakeasy. So we have like a front-facing bookcase that moves. It's, it's, a, it's a whole thing. Um, and then it's we called have, the rules lawyer. It's called the rules lawyer. It's our, it's our fake front. <laughs> Great name. Um, so we have this spot, uh, but our day to day operations is next door, and our day to day operations is about twenty eight hundred square feet, twenty seven hundred square feet, um, and that is a large open space. Uh, basically, we have it divided between one part is our retail operation, which basically has like a circular ring where all of our display cases are, and the staff are behind the counters, and there's sort of just product along the walls. So we carry everything from full range of warhammer DD, all the supplemental rpgs you've never heard of a uh, whole bunch of video games uh, new and used uh, we do pokemon we do magic we have a binder for every magic set released uh, we have a binder for most of the pokemon sets kind of before like jumping from from black well from black and white base all the way up to present day and then a little bit for the older stuff uh, we're rebuilding our single selection for the older stuff just because like during the pandemic that stuff just went um but yeah, we basically have browsable binders for every set and that there's out there. We have, uh, you didn't see it, but we have uh, foil bins uh, sort of by price point and by color. So if you want to go really baller, we have a bin that starts at $30 plus uh, that's full of, you know, mm -hmm. it's, they're in a penny sleeve, or sorry, they're in a perfect fit with a label on the price inside of a top loader. Um, so basically you can browse through for what you're looking for for the higher end stuff. Or we just have boxes that are sub $30 where they're same thing, perfect fit, you know, label on so you know what you're looking at. Everything in our store is priced because I hate not having stickers on stuff. So like if you see it and it's in a ridiculous price, you know, it, it's the price is labeled. If it's too high, let me know and I'll take a look at it and we'll adjust it. Um, but yeah, as far as like our day-to-day -day op stuff, we run seven days a week uh, from 12 to 10. Uh, we have events in the evening, every evening starting at 6.30. Uh, generally speaking, our events are anywhere. Be a quiet event for us will be about 20-ish players will be kind of on the quieter side. Uh, our busiest ones would be like 60 plus. So we had a Friday night was our casual commander, and that was 65 players, um, which isn't outside the norm. That's usually like 55, 60. Um, and as far as that goes, we are a very busy store. Uh, so if you walk in and there are less than six people in shopping, it's probably a quiet day. Like, you know, it's, it's, it, that's, you know, a, you know, having a dozen plus people and just kind of actively, you know, engaged is not unusual. Mm -hmm. Um, and on to like launch weekends, it gets, it gets wild. <laughs> I imagine. But yeah, so we typically, for as like far as store owners, store owners go, we have about a hundred and our average day is about 120 transactions. Some days will be lower and on like release days, we'll have like 200 plus transactions. It's kids busy. <laughs> Yes, yes. And I want to well, hopefully like. Oh, oh yes. Some... Sorry, I should add because um, I always forget this part because I'm used to it. Um, we have a very distinctive artistic style uh, that we yes. uh, I, it's very colorful. It's very bright. Um, it's very graffiti inspired, um, which is basically a whole bunch of characters. If you haven't seen it in person, I definitely recommend it. There's pictures of it online on our socials. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's real fun. Some of my favorite parts of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping to splice some stuff in to the video oh, so sure. that people can see like what this looks like and uh, oh, get a sense cool of what the, yeah. what the shop is like. Yeah. That's one of the advantages of actually doing this in person because I yeah. can actually see it, see it with yeah. my own two eyes. Yeah. We're, we're a very cool aesthetically looking store. Uh, we go for sort of a, you know, an approachable niche sort of thing. So like we're a little different than some of the, you know, stores that you'll see out there for more like traditional game stores. Um, you know, everything's labeled, everything's sort of in a nice like orderly spot, you know, everything's divided by sections. So if you're looking for something, you know, 
all of your Age of Sigmar products is in one section and all that is like done by factions. So it starts with, you know, like, you know, Blades of Corn and the Bees and goes to the Estes of the Solanesh. Like it's, you know, it, you know, it, you know, if you are, if you've never been in before and just sort of see a wall, you'll be able to figure out what you're looking at. And if you can't find something, we're here to help you. Cool. Yeah. yeah I think that's, that's good context. Like, so people can understand what kind of, what does the store feel like? You know, how, how large are we talking compared to other, you know, maybe some, some smaller local stores who hopefully listen to this podcast and pick up a few things. It's, it's a, it, we are a big store in terms of like, you know, your average size store. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not like a huge massive store. So you see a lot of stores in sort of like um, the Midwest or, you know, where they're like, just like huge amounts of space. Um, we don't sort of go that model, but we are definitely, we prioritize play. So we have a player that seats 60 plus people. Mm -hmm. um on a regular basis uh very you know very nice sturdy wood tables um some nice chairs you know and sort of like aesthetics kind of built into all of it so if you're if you're playing there you will know you're playing there versus playing somewhere else during the tour you, yeah. uh, you mentioned the uh well, the tvs that you have set up at every yeah. every table the the advertisements like the uh the, the screen running through all the events yeah we have a cycle like of rather than have so like we have we have a static calendar in like two places or sort of advertise so it like tells people kind of what to expect for all of the weekly and monthly stuff we're doing. Mm -hmm. But we also have like regular sort of like the, the TVs of user just to kind of say, Hey, this set's coming out. You want to know when the new Arcana pre-release is it's on the screen, date, time, all the general details. And there's like a QR code link you can scan to go buy a ticket or find out more about, you know, kind of a weekly event or what have you. So it's, it's very much designed that if you, you know, are kind of curious about something, you'll be just sort of passively exposed to it and go, Oh, cool. Like, I didn't know there was a master's draft coming up, you know, next Monday. Like, I'll just, I'll show up for that. That sounds cool. Like, it just, it's, you know, it's to help people kind of like be more, you know, engaged in community because given the level of business we go, it's not always possible to sort of tell every single soul that walks in all of the things all that the could possibly that do because yeah. it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially since you've got every single day of the week and there's always something going on. That's... Yeah. I think that we have at least one event every day of the week and some events are two or three, depending on the day that's going on. So it, get, it keeps busy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's crazy, but like the, the branding is everywhere. That's yeah. one of the things that uh, I really like about your store. And I think it's also one of the reasons why I'm guessing a lot of your clients really like the store is that it feels like you said, it's a destination, right? It feels like you're going somewhere and you're in a place and you're immersed in oh, yeah. things that you like, right? The things that you, you know, enjoy. Yeah, it's, it's hard to walk in with this and not be excited about something, you know, yeah. and it's one of those things like, you know, it's, you know, it's something where, you know, if you walk into our space, you know, you know, part of the training that we do for staff is that you get greeted. Someone says hi to you, you know, and it's something as simple as like, Hey man, what's up? Like, if I know you, you're like, you know, Hey, you know, like what's going on, anything I can do for you. It's very much, you know, we're not there to, you know, like be over someone's shoulder, but we want to know that, let them know that they were acknowledged when they came in, someone was friendly to them, they, you know, that they, yeah. we want you to be here. If you don't need anything from me, if you just want to browse, totally cool. I'm here, you know? So usually our, our answer is like, you know, he's like, Hey, how's it going? Uh, good. You know, like anything you're looking for? No, man, just browsing. Okay, cool. I'm over here. If you need me, just give me a shout. Like I'm, I'm around. Like it's something where, you know, you want to make people feel comfortable, you know, and some people come and go, yeah, I totally had questions about this deck or this thing. Yeah. Awesome, man. Let's talk. Like, let's, let's, let's engage. But, uh, no, it's definitely a very specific atmosphere that we curate. You know, we have a lot of structure. We have a lot of sort of like, you know, organization that occurs both, you know, for the client and behind the scenes. Um, but we never want to lose that sort of like in-person experience where it's like, you know, yeah. you know, we're not just a warehouse of cool stuff. It's like, this, <laughs> you know, we, we want to have, you know, that you, that you feel comfortable when you're here and not just that you're like, 
oh well i need you know milk and i need eggs and i need this thing it's like it's it's not that kind of shopping experience yeah you know despite the the depth and the fact that you do have like a lot of inventory <laughs> you still have that in-person yeah relationship with people you still have that experience where somebody comes in and they feel like they are you know it's like the cheat the cheers yeah you know, trope right like hey somebody actually knows who you are they know you by name right. yeah that's a that's a big value and like i think again i think that's one of the reasons why you've done so well like you've got the, the yeah. 10 year mark which is yeah. a that's quite the milestone yeah it's one of those ones where like building up that client experience is kind of how we got to where we are today um and it's something where you like you know it, it, you know it, for as much as people get excited about this field it is retail you know and retail you're only as good as your you know, uh, of the next sales day you got so like it's you know mm -hmm. it's not really a field where you can say well you know i coded some i made some really good code and i'm going to like sit back on that and just like let it run <laughs> you know it's like nope yeah you, you know you did really good today you got to get up tomorrow and do the same thing again like it's just you know it's it's a process and it's something that either you you love that part of it or it just you know you hate it and yeah you know, I, I i like that part of it so yeah and it i works for me and i like the way that you've positioned it in the sense that you do the thing that you like because you like it oh, yeah you get there's purpose and fulfillment alongside you know the actual like the, the just the business transactional money revenue life oh, life totally. fulfillment when we, when it's we all had, tied in together oh yeah when we had covid one of the things that we did was you know um that was a weird transition for us because we were very much an in-person experience mm -hmm. um and the challenge with covid was that, you know we were in nova scotia we were forced closed for a, a period of time um and <laughs> And that was one of the suckiest parts for me is that we were still open because we were doing some curbside delivery when that was possible and what have you. Um, but there was a day where I was like in there, I was like, you know, I was pulling lists for people and like realized that I missed the feedback of it and seeing people's names on orders who are like, I know this guy, you know, yeah. the, you know, I love talking with him when he comes in and now I've just got to like pull a list for him, hand him to a car window and not touch not him, touch him and, like and not talk to him. And like, I, I, you know, it was something where I looked at my staff and like, cool, you guys can do this. I'm going home. Like, and when this is done, I will be back in, but like, I, I can't not have the social interaction part of it. I can't not talk to our clients because that's the part I really like, yeah. you know? So like pulling cards into a vacuum, just like, all right, well, I'll pull this list of 20 cards and I'll pull this next list. I just like, I will do that in store all day long and love it. I absolutely hate it. Like just pulling it to a list and not ever seeing the person it drives me nuts. Which all right, that is it for today's episode of the Metaverse Podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you stay up to date whenever we upload. And if you like what you hear, we'd also appreciate a quick five-star review on iTunes. Thanks again for listening to today's show. I'm Tom Trapp, and I've been your host. And I will talk to you again in the next episode, the final part, part four of Josh's interview of the Metaverse Podcast.